0: Welcome to episode 36 of Whiskey Talk from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. I'm Richard Gosselin, editor of the Society's members magazine, Unfiltered. I was fortunate enough recently to pay a visit to Loch Lee Distillery in Ayrshire, which kept a very low profile until it dropped its first release on the Whiskey World to coincide with the birthday of Scotland's national poet, Robert Burns, on January the 25th. Burns actually lived and worked at the farm from the age of 18 to 25, and the distillery is understandably keen to exploit its connections with the Bard. But there's another legendary character making his presence felt in the still room, with John Campbell leaving Lafroigue after almost 30 years to join the team at Loch Lee. I caught up with John to find out more about the transformation of a dairy farm into a distillery, his decision to leave his native Islay for Ayrshire, and what the future holds for we
1: But at Loughley, uh and tell me a wee bit about the background with with the f- the farm, John, because I mean it, it started out just as a farm, didn't it? And then the decision was made to to get to make it a distillery and, and turn to whiskey.
2: Yes, so I Neil, uh, the owner was uh, cattle farming basically, and the farm. Um, Came to Lochley by chance, um just because it was the right size of farm kinda in the right kinda area, I guess. Um, tried cattle farming and it was it was okay, he loved it, but it just financially it was just not that great. Um thought about changing to growing barley and trying to do that because he understood there was a lot of kind of craft distillers, this is twenty fourteen. And then thought, well why don't I just build my own distillery? Um, as you do. And so 20 seventeen, um, into twenty eighteen just started balding Lochley, um kept quiet about it and changed the fields over from cattle farming to barley. Um so all the barley for the distillery is grown in the farm, and it's like the farm's a kind of like a two mile radius of the distillery, and we grow all our barley within that kind of radius. So um, it's, it's kind of slowly kind of ramping up production um, from 2018, 2019, 2020, and then last year as well. And then we've just started to show and to speak about Lochlea recently. Um, just probably back end of last year, November, we started kind of coming out a wee bit, because it's kind of done things slightly differently, and the fact that it's just stayed quiet and just made whiskey.
1: Yeah, very yeah. quiet. It, yeah. Was, it was totally under the radar. I think really until the Burns Burns Night bottling or Burns Day bottling came out, uh, it was it was it was super quiet. And
2: yeah, no, and that's the way they wanted it. They just wanted to try and build momentum leading up to the first bottling rather than. Saying, look, we're here, we're here, and then you have to wait at least three to four years before you get your whiskey out. So chose to do it that way. Um, it's built a lot of momentum, especially up to the first release, and it was, it was. It, I guess it caught us by surprise how quickly it sold out. Um, it was really, really successful, you could say, but equally, it's um, it was tough to get a bottle as well. So um, we're trying to build on that and building that um, we've just got to wait until it's ready though the yeah. whisky and it's the right quality and it's got the Lochley characteristics but we're working away hard in the background trying to just get it ready and keep it at the same standard as the first release because it, uh, it was good whiskey and well received Yeah, and so, so I mean
1: the, the farm obviously was here it was, it was a working farm, so in terms of the kind of build out there was was there much to add or was it more a, a question of converting what, what was here over yeah there was
2: it was mainly converted um, the the window where the stills is the kind of, I guess like I guess it's top like, or kind of but I'm not sure what you would call it um, but it's it's new build um, but it just kind of accentuates the whole of the production process uh, it's a small site as well um, it's it doesn't have a big uh, square meterage at all, and if you do the milling, mashing, fermentation, and distillation, I think you're probably talking—I don't know—what, maybe 150 square meters. It's—it's it's not a lot. Of, yeah, it's not big. Bit of a different world for you. Yes, no polar opposite. Um, Luckily, you will do in five days what Lafroy would do in five hours. Wow. No. Yes. So it's a complete different pace. Um, Good in lots of ways as well. Um it just changed happened slowly in Ayrshire compared to Isla, which is not the normal way around. No, no. <laughs> you, you think coming to the mainland it would be. Yeah, a, a I'll go, other I'll way go, let's go. Nope, it's slowed things down completely. So yep. Um How good. do you find that change of pace then? Uh, good and bad. Um good in the fact that it's we're just kind of embedding ourselves in almost and kind of getting the practices and the kind of quality parameters set. So that's really interesting. and that's uh, But bad, I guess, in the fact that it just takes a long time to change things because the process is slower. So you can't get, like, I am naturally somebody who likes change and likes to push things forward, I would say. So don't get much of that when it's five days to do the same as what you did in five hours. So at Laphroaig, you're getting a lot of information coming to you a lot of the time. Whereas at just it's just coming at you slower. So more thinking time at Loughley, which is good as well.
1: And uh, in terms of the whiskey, I think one of the things I read was like, forget your preconceptions about lowland whiskey what yeah. you th- what you think a whiskey might be from from this part of the world uh, in terms of that kind
2: of grassy character I suppose yes you, you're, that's not what you're about at all is it there'll be a bit of that um I think the main thing is depth we're looking for depth um and to build depth so there'll be a lot of fruit and luckily we're definitely we've we've got that in the spirit the grassy and the cereal notes we, we need to Accentuate them as well because well the barley is grown on the farm and so there are slightly different characteristics you would think in uh, growing barley in the I guess southwest coast of Scotland so it's bound to have a different kind of environment compared to the east coast etc so it will produce a slightly different type of barley it's non peated so you should get these barley flavours coming through in the spirit as well and then we just want depth with some nice kind of aromatics, floral notes as well and just uh, like it'd it just be a kind of long slow burst of flavour rather than just one flavour so we're looking for these different flavours I guess. Okay. How,
1: how do you how do you achieve that in terms of the production Okay process?
2: it's different things um, through different ways so clear water will give you a kind of fruitier characteristics in your fermentations, um, different yeasts then in the fermentations as well um, could rake to get more of the cereals, compounds again in mashing, so I guess that's the two things in mashing, I'll try and do this. So within mashing if you do clear wort you'll get more fruit but if you rake you'll get cloudier wort but more of the cereal characteristics so you might want a clear, a cloudy or a semi clear wort and we are definitely semi clear because as I've just said we both want fruit and cereal notes coming through as well so okay. we will produce a semi clear wort. Fermentations lots of different types of yeast on offer. Uh, we are currently using a balance of Maori and fermentus, just really trying to build up the fruit. Um, three longer fermentations and two shorter as well, so with the longer fermentations they'll produce a kinda more grassy notes as well, with the shorter ones more fruit. And then, distillation is very, very slow. Um, in the first distillation we'd kind of slowing that and then ramping it up um, just just accentuate all these flavors we've produced um, and then spirit distillation we're taking higher cuts uh, than probably more normal just so that we kind of get the balance of these flavors coming through and we recycle some of the kind of heavier more kind of oily flavors uh, right now and we distill very very slowly on
1: both sides okay I'm always intrigued with new distilleries. How much trial and error there is, or how much of a vision there is when you start out to say this is what we want to
2: achieve, compared with what actually the rea- reality is. No, and that's 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 been my, probably my main job since I got here. Like, what is the vision, and then we create the spirit towards that. So we were kind of producing good spirit, absolutely. But it was like we were just producing. It didn't kind of link everything up. So we are linking everything up now and trying to accentuate what is Lochley's characteristics, I guess I would say, or character. Sort
1: of. Yeah, so is that, do you think that's still a kind of
2: work in progress or...? No, we know what it is now, there? we're just working, like, we're getting the technical bits put in place to match that now and we're, we're pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. yeah.
1: And the, the, the goal is to be kind of self-sufficient in terms of everything that you're, well most of your I- soon,
2: ingredients. Soon. Working towards Aye. that. So there's a couple of gaps, floor maltings, yeah. um, which um, we will look to get. I guess I've got that experience of running a floor maltings as well uh, from a previous history. So I'll be doing that um, and we'll be doing trials trom- on floor maltings at Loughley, uh, to come this year, so that that is a gap. And then just more on the, the waste products. So we are we have reed beds and stuff like that in, but we just need to get the pot hill kinda managed locally as well because well, there is copper deficiency in the soil and air shelf so we think we can get it all kinda managed locally and then we, that'll be a really good thing to say a complete self sustaining site.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so floor maltings will be in this year do you think trials
2: Yep, definitely trials yep we want to again just accentuate these uh, barley flavors yeah and definitely floor malting will do that um, for us and try and see what the see what that brings i'm excited to see what that'll actually bring as well yeah
1: because i mean that's I mean that's a big undertaking to, to put in a floor malting and, and you know a real nod to the past
2: in terms of whiskey production
1: but uh, you feel like it's really worth it's, it's something that's worth doing
2: yeah no definitely I think it'll just get nice it'll just give a, a wee bit more body and the new spirit as well make um, sure so you'll get the nice oily flavours coming through and you should get ex- like accentuated cereal notes coming through um, so like I'm looking forward to see what that can bring um, so we will be doing trials on that to see what the difference is uh, this year and to try and hopefully push that forward thereafter, yeah. yeah. It's 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 a farm, there's lots of sheds, yeah, so yeah. we yeah. can convert sheds yeah, into floor space. really easily, I guess, so um, there's just a few other things we have to kind of set up and take care of, like we don't have steeps, etc. water pipe work, all of these things, and then um, a lot of floor maltings is just human labour, so we're going to need more resource well, that's to do things. yeah. It's just, uh, yep. Return of monkey shoulder inertia. <laughs>
1: yes, yep,
2: <laughs> that's true.
1: Uh, and so, th- there's basically full traceability as well, uh, in-, in terms of what, what the, the raw ingredients that are going into, into the whisky. Uh, and the water source? Wh- wh- yeah, it's
2: it's, bo- it's a borehole from ah. underneath the farm as okay. well, and it's, it's a really good supply, so yep. No, it's all just on the farm. Everything on the farm, so that's that's the thing that could make us completely unique. Hopefully, within the Scotch whisky industry. Yeah, see a couple of big gaps there to fill, but like working our way towards getting them filled. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's a great goal.
2: Uh, and the first release was celebrating
1: the connection with Burns yes. uh, and this farm, so yes. there's, there's, there's documentation as there well
2: that he yeah. actually spent time 245 years ago, uh-huh. yep, he worked at Loch he worked at three farms in this area and it was just before he went off to be a customs officer he worked at Loch he worked at, uh, at Moskiel and Adam Hill as well, so these are kind of within probably uh, 10 miles and he's from Mochland which is like 5 or 6 miles away as well so yeah, he worked here for a few years before he went off to be an excise officer in Dumfries. Ah, uh, and he just uh, I think the Comartic edition was just about to be released as well. Okay. So he was just about to hit it's a big life and it's just like he did so many things so fast in his life. Yeah, it's
1: just And that was obviously a turning point when, when yes. the Comarnock edition was published he suddenly became a success because well, he was all set to to, to leave scotland altogether yes, wasn't
2: he that's right he's going to canada weren't
1: he He was going to jamaica jamaica he bought right. his passage that's to right jamaica.
2: yes he was going to be there. No, that's, that's right
1: because uh, i think you know the farming no, wasn't right. working for him yep. the poetry hadn't taken off his love life was complicated shall we say <laughs> so he was all set to say right see that's you right. later uh, yes. and it was only because the camargue edition became very successful very quickly, I think he, yeah. he rethought things and, and he left the farming behind, he left Ayrshire behind,
2: overnight celebrity and yeah.
1: he headed off to the bright lights of Edinburgh. Yep. But it's a great connection to have I suppose, you know if you're going to have that kind of genuine connection then to have Burns uh, as 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 that real direct link is, is really special. No
2: it definitely means a lot for the area especially, it's, part of the, it's a huge part of the culture and it's part of the world. Um, it's a huge part of Scottish culture. Um, some folks might not might be saying, "Who's Robert Burns?" Um but worth a look, as we've just said as well, um, because he has really he did he achieved a lot in thirty-seven years. Yeah, it was unbelievable what the man achieved, and like a lot of the songs that people will know right now um, to this day, will and poetry will have been written by Burns you just don't realise it exactly. Well, we just
1: did a Burns yeah. live stream uh, for for Burns Night in January there, and we had like our Chinese branch there singing Old Lang Syne because yep. it's a well-known song yeah, in China. Absolutely. In Japan, everyone knows it as well. Yep. And then, of course, in America and Canada, uh, Burns is Burns is very well known as well. So he uh, is a, a kind of global icon for Scotland. You yes. can claim him for your distillery.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's just the fact you just worked it and it? it's a nice link and it's somebody who had, I think it's more the character that we want to try and um, kind of be more like Robert Burns and just be kind of creative and try and push things out there and okay. test different things as well. We will have a core of kind of who we are. We, we know who we are as well, but we want to try and use some of Burns' characters, uh, characteristics to. To accentuate locally and be intertwined with locally as yeah, well. okay.
1: So maybe a bit rebellious or, uh, I, you know, we, yeah. We, I, I don't know if anti-establishment's the right phrase, but I, you know, I don't think
2: it's so. Going his own way, way maybe. Ah, like we're our own character, Yep, yeah, yeah. and we're our own thing, and we will try different things, and we we'll see if people like them or not as well. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we've got a few things brewing. Great.
1: And in terms of your own journey, John, obviously, oh, you in know, almost three decades at Lefroy, yeah. 27 years 27 in total, years, yeah. uh, before heading over here. So a complete change for you uh, in, in so many ways, like from island life to mainland life and, you know, the the heritage of uh, a distillery like LeFroig to a complete newcomer uh, in Loch Lee. And then obviously you know you're, you're peated to unpeated so it's like change across the board that's that's a lot to take on uh, how are you finding that move and that challenge
2: good yeah uh, and it's, it's deliberate that's absolutely deliberate um and it's kind of like it's always been like i guess lockdown was the one of the main factors in all of this as well and just thinking right, right what are you going to do for the last kind of half of your working life and so, if it's not Laphroaig, what would it be? And so, first time that's ever crept into my head, because I'd never, ever thought about being anywhere else but Laphroaig. Um And then just, I luckily just happened to kind of knock on my door and it came down, I visited, and I thought, well, if it is going to be something else, it's going to be this. Because it's, it's, as you said, it's non-peated. It's it's low lint. Um, nobody knows about this distillery yet as well. So it's a completely different job. in the fact that you're trying to set up the the character and the brand for the future, um, and you you're going to be part of that. Whereas with Lefroy you it was it was two hundred years of heritage weighing on your shoulders. Rather than, and to keep that momentum going and. So it was a different job completely Um, and I'd say a different rate of production Um, but yeah, I just see a lot of potential I guess, I'd I'd, I'd see a lot of potential in Loch Lee. and the fact that it was so different is good. Mainland life's fine as well, Um, I've still got my house in Isla, so if, if I ever need a dose of island life I can go back and get it. Parents are still there so I will be back every now and again so and like. Scotland isn't the biggest country on the planet you're only like two or three hours away from home Um, so it it, it was good and it's just a fit it was more a a personality fit as much as anything else as well and and just the fact that you could be more entrepreneurial um, being in this role as well um, that was a big factor the fact that you get to shape something and just um, being part of something that's going to be new and that we could to mould ourselves so that's definitely a a big reason why I'm
1: here yeah I'm wondering how many people maybe because you mentioned COVID obviously uh, what we've been through the past two years that it is a chance for people maybe to reevaluate how they want to live their lives where they want to be the connections that they need to make Uh, so it's it's maybe an opportunity for people to rethink
2: I think so I definitely think so it was it was if it wasn't for lockdown, I probably wouldn't be here because I wouldn't have like I wouldn't have even questioned what I was doing because I, I loved what I was doing and I will always love La It's just it's just timings, I guess, and opportunities and like just the fact that you're thinking right, I'm doing this and how does it work and like my children are all in the mainland now as well. So there was just like a, there was just so many strands that it just felt like this is just easy and it's right. And it's hard to explain that, but like, because some folk might say, How could you leave Lafroyg? And it's just like really easily, unfortunately. But like, it doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not disrespecting Lafroyg in any way, shape, or form. I love Lafroyg, and it's, it's kind of made me the person I am today. So, like, that's, and the people at Lafroyg have helped kind of shape me. So, like, yeah, you know, i am be forever grateful to Lefroig. Yeah. But it was just too good of a chance to, from both a personal and a professional point of view, I would just be stretched here. I would just be stretched sometimes too far um, and I think I needed that Yeah, as well. So Yeah,
1: yeah. and a wee prompt with, with everything that's been going on to say, right, it's kind of now or never I suppose. Ah,
2: no, that's true, because that's the thing, it was a wee bit of that as well because yeah, there'd be nothing wrong with spending the next 20 years working at Lefroig and that that would have been awesome um, but it was just like ah if you're going to do it do it now because yeah just scratch this itch and see what happens so I think there' a lot. lot of people thinking the same way you know a chance to reevaluate but because no, it is. it's almost like it is. I think a lot well a lot of people I know would certainly think that way as well and just and it could be small things this happened to be a big thing for me. Um, so it wasn't planned. It just just it just seemed to happen, and that's kind of. So yeah, maybe it's just fate. Yeah. And
1: uh, any plans for a visitor centre, or is it going to continue to be kind of low key, just getting on with things?
2: Yeah. No. Look, but definitely low key for the the next wee while. Um, it might happen eventually, um, but it's not. We're just going to continue working on our kind of the spirit and working on kind of the releases and getting just getting our foundation set first. We're trying to get like the I guess just for f- people to understand um locally a visitor centre would help that but it's it's not where we're spending our money on just now. We're spending it on casks and warehouses and kind of infrastructure almost to get ready hopefully for what we see in our future. So um so it's just a small farm we're developing. Well, you can see as you drove in this morning, we're now developing another warehouse, which is, it's a shed. <laughs> but that's that's farm life, I guess. Yeah. And it's just that there's so many things that we can, I think locally, can show people as well. Like even just like, we're getting we're going to start to get the fields ready for the barley soon. And it's, a, it's an area of whiskey making that you'll see a bit of. You'll see the nice gold... Fields, but like we can explain, hopefully, again, once with the process right from getting the soil ready to, to growing, to planting the barley, to growing the barley, to harvesting the barley, to malt, like storage of the barley, and then malting it hopefully on site soon, grinding, distillate, just the whole maturing, just the whole process until it gets bottled, and then it's, it goes off site to get bottled. So. It would be nice to just be able to say from barley right through to it's through the big sleep that it's all been on the farm.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, there's not many places that are, are doing that at all. I mean, I suppose none, I don't think, but to to that extent, at no, least,
2: no, yeah. nobody, no, I don't think so. May, maybe very, very small amounts of with some distilleries, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah,
1: great. So, uh, and what's, what's the kind of programme of releases at the moment?
2: Yeah, so we've just done the, uh, the first release, the inaugural release, um, and it was say, very, very popular. We, we had our second second bottling ready, and it was going to be about the same volume, so it might be tough to find the second one, right? Um, and we're going to link them to, like, seasons, but, like, the farm seasons, so we're going to do four releases this year, of uh, seasons which i'm going to get wrong now it's sowing um harvesting plowing and fallow of the seasons um i think they're in the wrong order there um but we'll we'll show locally through different cask maturations with them so the the sowing the first one will be out in march and it will be a uh, first of all bourbon and then we'll do a, a mixture of STR and Bourbon, and then we'll do a fully matured Oloroso Sherry, which has, if you look behind you there, it's got some great colour coming through in oh, it. Certainly does. <laughs> and then the winter, uh, which is the ploughing edition, will have a huge hint to wear out from LeFroid because they have locally matured in LeFroid casks, ah, okay. which is just a uh, a lucky coincidence I guess, right. so, but like, yeah, so the, the we're not producing peated spirit, yeah. but there will be a kind of peated whiskey coming yeah, yeah. in the winter. And then during the summer at some point, we will release a kind of, like a core version of um, Lochley liquid like that will continue to be available. So we that's busy plan this year. Um, and just to show, like, I guess one of the things we're wanting to do is show Lochley these different ways so that we get, I guess customers will help decide our future as well, so whatever ones they like the most we'll try and get representation in kind of what Lochley is. We've got a good idea ourselves, some we think people will like it, but we're, just, we're almost testing the market before we go with more volume as well.
1: Yeah, well, that sounds very interesting.
2: Alright, I wish you all the best John. Yeah, no, thanks very much.
1: Yeah. Good to have you, here. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks yeah. for your time today. Uh, I think we'll just go on a wee look around. Yep,
2: perfect.
0: There's no visitor centre at Lochley, but you can get an inside look at the distillery in the April issue of Unfiltered, the members' magazine of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Check it out at smws.com. That's it for this episode of Whiskey Talk. Until the next time, cheers.